again, everyone, and welcome in to the post-state tournament basketball episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. That's right. Our favorite time of the year is now done. State basketball is over. Six thrilling and exhausting days across Lincoln, and we got all the recaps of what happened, our initial thoughts, and reactions to it here on the Prep Extra Podcast. Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen, as always, and Clark Grell, our fearless leader and sports editor, in studio to talk with us about basketball again. Gentlemen, you certainly did uh, the big share of the coverage this week. How's it, uh, now reflecting on it, how's it feel for it to finally be over? Six full days. It was a long, long six days. Um, definitely fun. You know, I I think it's an unforgettable week, definitely, for anybody who's involved. Seeing boys, girls, boys, girls, championship Friday. I mean, that was a, a unique experience, but... Definitely made for some some long days. Yeah, long, long indeed. Um, fun. Wouldn't want to do it again, but definitely fun. It was interesting. I can't remember what day it was, like first or second day where like I got done watching a girls game and then I walk into the the tunnel and there's a boys team getting ready to walk out. It doesn't really hit you no. until like that happened. You're like, what, what did they do? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. It's it's boys and girls. So it was it was definitely interesting. But, um, um, you know, and props to the NSA for pulling it off. Yeah, I mean, six full days they had to plan out, not only across PBA and Devaney, but across all the high schools, yep. um, and just coordinating all that and having the influx of communities coming into Lincoln, see all those games, it was quite something. Um, and let's talk about the format. Obviously, the NSA announced that this will they will go back to the normal weekends next year. Uh, this year was because of Big Ten wrestling, but um, it seemed like the coaches enjoyed the extra day, teams to rest, which... I think resulted in some very, very good games. I think overall, even with the adjustments that were made, I think people were very happy with how it went down in the format, especially teams with that extra day. Yeah, I don't, you know, and, and I'll probably get into this later. I, one of the things, definitely on the girls' side, maybe on the boys' side too, Luke, was uh, defense really was played a huge part in some of these games. And I wonder how much of that was because they had a, all these teams had a a day to prep and do more walkthrough stuff. And so they had, they were able to get a, a firmer grasp on a defensive game plan because it, it like, it seemed like all six girls finals, especially were defense was huge. And so I do think the getting that day off allowed the kids to, to rest. Um, but I don't think that was a huge thing. Cause I, uh, Bailey Kissinger said this from Hastings St. Celia. She says, you're just kind of riding an adrenaline rush. So it, you, you don't really feel tired when you're playing three days in a row, but for the coaches, I think a lot of coaches prefer three days in a row because they they just they just like the just kind of that that run. But they they did enjoy um, kind of that the, that extra day to prep for a, for opponents, especially if you're playing an opponent you haven't seen before. Yeah, I think in normal years it's really like a, a three day sprint to the finish. I mean, you get Thursday opening round, Friday semifinals, and Saturday the championships. And to me, I think the scoring was a little bit up more on the boy side than the girl side, just in the championships, some of that high-level play. But I really, you know, I, I got to think back to last year, Bellevue West, Creighton Prep, they play this crazy triple overtime game in the semis. And, you know, they came back the next day, Bellevue West, they gave Miller North a, a fantastic game. But, I mean, it, it was clear they were tired. Yeah. I think, obviously, you know, you mentioned the adrenaline, the environment, that's always going to get the players up. But, really, even if I – even if they don't notice it, I, I do think that extra day of rest helped a lot of those teams, especially ones that 
had an overtime game opening round or semifinals. Yeah, because I, I noticed there were quite a few teams. I mean, like North Bend Central was one that came to my mind that they only go too deep. Like, they only go seven deep. Yeah. So it, it had to help teams like that. And now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but where do they go to practice in between their games? Because do they keep the local high schools open for them to go and practice, or how does that work? Because I've always felt like that's... So, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. You know, because I know, like, Hastings St. Celia stayed here all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine North Platte St. Pat's boys did. No. Um, so I don't know where they... I, I assume they, they, they had to go to some gym, like uh, a high yeah. school. But I, I know a lot of schools, like Fall City Sacred Heart, their girls played... To the end, yeah. they they drove back and forth every day. Oh, um, you know, which isn't I mean that bad when you think about they they get a day off and maybe there's like thirty six hours between games. But that's a good question for the teams that that uh, stayed here. I, I'm not positive, but I I know they had to practice somewhere. Yeah, that's always thought an interesting factor into this. And um, let's quickly talk about the games at LPS and. Obviously, that's been a thing over the course of a few years. It's been a Lincoln have the first rounds of the smaller schools in there. Maybe just because the experience I had this year, but I am starting not to like those first round games at LPS. Okay, we were at we were at Southeast more specifically. Okay, so what 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 happened? Well, one at Southeast, they put us all the way up top, which is fine. Um, But it was they only the media, yeah, the media, and they put only they used only one side. And there was two plugins, two outlets, and it was right in the center. And they had tables stretching all the way on either end. So we had to negotiate, or not negotiate, but we had to talk with the Stry people who were there to get extension cords to run down. It was just a mad scramble because at one time, because these were smaller classes, so a bunch of local radio stations are yeah. there. So we have radio people trying to get outlets, newspapers, like two or three newspaper people, including myself. It was a mess. And I think they may need to take a look at that. Um, because it was not, it was not great at all. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of like the, the opening round LPS games because I would, what I will say is the environment. I mean, you get a packed, packed, yeah. loud gym. If you've ever been to an opening round game at like Devaney, I mean, slightly lower classes, especially, I mean, if you played like D1 or D2 at Devaney, it's a lot, it's pretty quiet. I mean, there's a lot of empty room in there. It's a big arena. Um, what I will say about LPS sites, though, is parking is it's a huge nice. concern. Southeast, I, you know, they, they have a, a big lot on the other side of the school. Northeast is, is really the one where mm-hmm. you're going to be parking in neighborhoods and, and walking for those sites. So that is, that is kind of the challenge, I think, of the LPS. I, I see it from both sides. Um, I, I see the, you know, let them play. They're in Lincoln, let them play in the big arena or Devaney, g- give them that you know, that big, you know, arena feel to the state tournament. But I do agree. I agree with you, and maybe it's the small town person, me. I, I Well, Beatrice didn't. We always played at Pershing Auditorium. Uh, not me, but Beatrice boys did. So but so we never played in the high schools. But um, um, I think, you know, it, it is cool to see those those gyms get packed because I've, I've been to a couple of those you know, recently where, especially if you get a couple communities that, that are huge in the basketball, I mean, sometimes they have to turn them away, you know, there's not room for all of them, and it's it makes for a fun environment for sure. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jeff, yeah, there, there's some media logistics that yeah. that uh, <laughs> probably need to be addressed that I've encountered too, not not this year because I didn't cover at the high mm-hmm. schools, but I, I've, I, I know your pain. Yeah. 
there's always pros and cons to it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't expect them to change that at all when it comes to next year, but just something to think about. Um, well, let's talk now. Let's talk about the basketball. Let's get right into it. We're going to start in class A girls. Uh, Clark, your specialty there in class A. Um, farthest team to go along, Lincoln Southwest. Uh, shock number one, Millard South on their way to a state championship run where Fremont ultimately won uh, the state championship over Southwest. But I mean, I watched that game. That was quite fun. And I felt like class A girls overall, the whole tournament was really, really good. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, you know, um, you know, I still surprised that they knocked off Miller South. I just I thought going in that was the best team. Um, but credit to Tim Berda. I mean, he's a defensive minded coach. They came up with a great plan. You want to talk about a team that probably really benefited from getting that extra day. It was Southwest because they hadn't played Miller South all year. They got an extra day to kind of, you know, work on the scouting report. And I think that 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 was that paid off there but yeah southwest made a great run i mean they held all three of their opponents i mean um i kind of noted this in the story um central millard south and fremont season lows in points mm-hmm. um all of them you know i mean you, you hold omaha central who has anaya webb anaya wayne and anea jones to 30 uh, i think it was 37 38 points um that's that's impressive. You hold Taylor McKay, Macy Macy Bryant, McKenna Murphy, um, you know Sarah Shepard to thirty seven points in the final. That Tim Baird is going to take that, and so you know, um, so yeah, impressive. Yeah, impressive run by the by the Silverhawks. But Fremont, I mean, they you can tell they they were they were very determined. Taylor McKay was very determined to get the job done, and and credit to Fremont's toughness. You know, they get all this. It, it's when you think about Fremont, you think about their three-point shooting and Taylor, what she can do defensively or offensively. But it, it, their defense is played a big part all season long, and you saw that in the state final. Yeah, it, it was quite poetic to have Kelly Flynn there win his twelfth state title, first with Fremont after four years, and then Taylor McCabe, one of the best girls players in state history, yeah. going off with a title of their own. It kind of, and Fremont's been close the past yep. few years, so it felt all kind of poetic. Did you get that same feeling, Clark? Yeah, it, it reminded me a bit of last year. I don't know if you remember Allison Weiner. Yep. That state title eluded her in Humphrey St. Francis during her four-year run, and then she finally, that final year, she she got it. You could just tell she was determined, we're, we're not going to lose it. And I think yep. that I, I saw that in Taylor and her teammates too, those seniors. Uh, they talked about it, how they, they, they talked about November, like we're – we're you know we're going to win a state title. This is it's it's it, it was a state title bust or bust mentality and 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 uh, that can put a lot of pressure on a team. So credit to Kelly and 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 his, his the girls for just being able to live up to the expectations and not not letting that bother him because it, I mean um, they they looked really really good um, all three days in in Lincoln. Fremont goes out out with a state title in the girls side and now on the boys side boys side Luke. Very entertaining. We got the part three from Illinois North Bellevue West. But before we talk about that, uh, just great games in general leading up to that. Gretna knocks off Central in double overtime. Prep knocks off the number one seed, Omaha West Side. I mean, as chaotic as the end of the season for Class A went on the boys, it <laughs> that continued into the state tournament as well. Absolutely. It was a, a great, I think, Class A boys tournament throughout. And earlier in the year, really kind of, I had a feeling that there were some of these teams that were going to challenge the Miller North Bellevue West status quo. 
you know, we, we ended up there at, in the end, as we always do each of the last three years. But Central and Gretna, I think, opening round, they played a fantastic game. Thought we had some more magic there from Eric Behrens, you know, in his, his final run as Central head coach. Fantastic storied coaching career for him. Um, and and they, they did well to battle out to double overtime. Came, coming off a, a big deficit as well, but big upset. I mean, prep beating Westside. This was... This was really a, a special season for Westside, too. A ton of seniors, a ton of guys who'd really been waiting for their moment to make some noise at the state tournament. Prep hadn't beaten any of the teams in the state tournament field all year. Picked the right moment, definitely, to, to play their best game of the year, take out their rivals. That's a, a sweet one that they're going to be celebrating for quite a few months because couldn't get it done at football. No. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, all they, that's all they got this year in, in terms of the games against Westside. But... Great, great opening round games for sure, and, and good build up to the eventual final. Yeah, so let's talk about that final. Bell West, Miller North, part three, pretty even. Again, I think it, uh, I think it played up to the expectations. Maybe not as good as the past two, um, but Miller North really took control um, in that second half to win 67-57. Bell West had their chance down the stretch. They needed um, a couple of buckets, but couldn't hit them. But I think. Again, not up to the past two classics we've had, but I think this one, certainly with the guys who have graduated and all that talent's gone, this certainly was a really good one as well. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a good final. And the first half kind of had the, the feelings yeah, the first of half classic, was good. <laughs> just back and forth. I don't think either team had more than like a four or five point lead at any times. Second half, Bellevue West just could not find the offensive success. And after the game, Coach Woodard, he said, you know, the, the ball just got stuck on one side. They just kept trying to pound it in the middle. We've got Jason Green in there. That is, yeah. that's not a winning formula. And Garjaziah Dotsler, one of the best players in the state. And really, you know, he, he runs that Bellevue West offense. And I, I think, you know, in that second half, he was seeing kind of the same things like, hey, you know, we're not seeing the same flow that we usually do. And he just kept driving in the lane, trying to find those moments and, you know, if he made a couple more shots here or there, I think the final score would have been closer. Um, he had he had quite a few, you know, close ones that didn't go his way. But ultimately, it was it was Miller North's defense really that that shut it down. And David Harmon came up big. It was clear, I think, that Bellevue West was pretty determined not to let Green beat them. You know, knowing that Harmon is that guy who can score twenty. I think he had his biggest game of the year, twenty five or twenty six points. I think it was maybe even twenty eight. It was a ridiculous performance from him. Uh, to lead him to the state title. And for me, it was it was really interesting, too, because these Millard North teams, last couple of years, obviously they've been loaded with D1 talent. I mean, Green's going D1, but a ton of guys on this team, real, real players, real yeah. kind of, you know, gritty team, team-centered individuals, a lot of great guards, players off the bench, too, uh, that get it done and, and put back-to-back state championships there. Yeah, especially Harmon, who was really, really impressive. And to pick up the production that St. Thomas and Hunter Solace left behind. He averaged nearly 20 a game, I believe. And so gave him that one-two punch with Jason Green. And, I mean, back-to-back champs, Tim Cannon adds another ring. Um, but overall, look, I think it was a great Class A season. Oh, for sure. And what's stopping us from from round four next year? There's obviously a, a lot of talent to replace there at Millard North, I think. Bellevue West is a lot more returning talent in that regard, but... These coaches, you know, this landscape, you never know what's going to happen. Moving on down to Class B, going with the girls, and Clark had all built up to what we wanted, Elkhorn North and Omaha Scott, and it was the Wolves winning back-to-back state titles in their first two years of existence 
in their school history, winning 49-36. But not only was the final, um, Elkhorn North winning in the final there, but the semifinals of Class B was very good as well. What was your take, Clark, on the Class B tournament? Yeah, I mean, I I thought the state tournament and B played out like we thought it would. It was clear that Scott and Elkhorn North were the two best teams in, in class B. And, and you saw that, um, you know, Elkhorn North put away Norris, um, handily and, and Scott played super well against Adam central. And then, yeah, in the state final, um, you know, I, Elkhorn North kind of got it done with defense, but I mean, Britt Prince was just spectacular i mean she hit a, a three at the buzzer at the end of the first quarter that i thought was huge just to because i think at that point it was five five was the score i think that gave him an eight five lead or something so at first it, it was kind of a grind it out but it seemed to open it up and then she hit a couple big shots had a couple big assists in the second quarter and and she kind of just uh, set the tone of, of that entire game i think she had 21 points six assists seven rebounds something like that so uh, really good there, but also just their perimeter defense. I think, um, you know, Scott finished, I want to say, three for 12, three for 13 from three-point land. And, um, you know, Coach Kip Colony after the game said, usually we're attempting that many threes in, in the first half alone. So it just goes to show you how good uh, Elkhorn North's perimeter defense was, preventing players like Peyton McCabe and and um, the Burt girl from, you know, and, and Peyton Douglas from, from shooting threes because – Scott was shooting it super well in the first two rounds. So, yeah, they got it done with defense, and obviously Britt Prince was leading the show there offensively. I can't believe she just finished her sophomore year, and they got two more years of her. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, how much do they return, too? I mean, they got a – with Britt Prince, I think mean, you're going to be a threat to win a state yeah, they, every they, year. But. They return some really nice players. I mean, obviously Prince coming back. Uh, Grace Thompson's going to be back. They do lose Riley Palmer, who you could probably argue is their second-best player, kind of – um, you know, she's a very physical player, can play inside quite a bit. Um, Molly Brueggemann, another starter, they're losing her. She was key to them. But, um, you know, the, you know, when you got Britt Prince, she's, she's going to make a lot of players around her better. And, and Coach Ann Prince deserves a lot of credit, too, for what how she's building that program and, and the talent that she's bringing in. They certainly want to go four for four if they have uh, the Prince, yeah, Prince, Prince there. Yeah, they haven't. The students were chanting, "This is our house" after the game, and you can't argue. I mean, they're, yeah. they're six and zero in Pinnacle Bank Arena all time now. Yeah, so can't really make that argument no. anymore. So, <laughs> Luke, going over to Class B boys, it was kind of the same way, just maybe a little more more better games in the first couple rounds. But the final is what we expected: Omar and Kali and Omar Scott, but Omar and Kali showing up defensively, and they just, they beat Scott pretty good. 52-37, Rincali wins the state title. Man, I, that's a little unexpected. I think all three of us here predicted Scott, and I thought it was going to be runaway Scott for the Class B title, but Omar Rincali said nope. Yeah, what I will say is I was I was very confident in our yeah. uh, postseason picks that Scott was going to win it all. Hadn't seen any Class B team that could score at their level. They had just the the depth of talent all over the court. And Clark over here, he said, hey, don't count out Ron Colley. You know, they, they just beat him. <laughs> yeah. And, yep, they, they did it again. And what I will say is Ron Colley almost didn't get there. Waverly had him on the ropes, really, in that opening round game. A.J. Heffelfinger, he had, a, like, a 25-point game, had a chance to win it, I think, at the buzzer in, in either regulation or overtime. So, you know, a shot goes half an inch to the right or the left, and, you know, maybe Ron Colley doesn't win the state championship, but... They got it done in the semis, and then just a commanding performance in the championship game. 
what was really key to me was, you know, you had James Ninifu and Grant Dvorak pretty much scoring the entirety of Scott's points. You know, Jake Brack, 6'8", going to be a, a Division One forward here in, in a couple seasons. And Roncalli just gave him no room to breathe. They doubled him exactly when they needed to. Um, their their kickout defense was fantastic. Shattered around Scott's three-point shooter, J.J. Farron, didn't give him even an inch of space to, to get any shots off until late in that game when they desperately needed it to. Uh, so, you know, after the game, head coach Kyle Jurgens he said, you know, there's there's no secrets when you you play a team four times in a year. And Scott winning the first two, Ron Colley winning the third, I mean, you just have to imagine they learned something from from each of those games, and it showed. Obviously, a, a super motivated group of seniors, uh, Jake Orn and Quincy Evans kind of led the way in that in that final, and congrats to Ron Colley for a, a great season and being back on top of Class B. A little bit of redemption for him, because I believe both those guys were on the team when Ron Colley lost to Lincoln Pius in that Class B title game a couple of years ago. And now it comes full circle. They beat Scott. They win their own Class B title. So good for Ron Colley. They defeat Scott to ta- take the Class B final. And just a quick shout-out to Clark Ribble and Beatrice, too, because after... Was it? Did they lose their whole starting lineup or four out of five from last year's four title? Four out of five, time? yeah. Yep. Lose four out of five and then make it back to the semifinal uh, the next year. Very impressive. I mean, he came from Heartland, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he built that program up because uh, they went to the state tournament, I believe, a couple times before coming to Beatrice. So shout out to Clark Ribble there and Beatrice because I think he's building something really cool with Beatrice. Moving on down to C1. Clark, we have it down. North Bend Central. Defeats Lincoln Lutheran uh, in overtime, 35-31, a three-peat. And it's funny, Auburn won three three in a row, and C1 on the boys' side, and I don't know if Ben Central gets it done three in a row here on the girls' side. Uh, your take on the C1 state tournament. Yeah, uh, first three-time state champion in the girls' side since Pierce. Pierce had a huge run in, the, in you know, around 2013, 2015. Um, you know, again, I, I talked about it earlier, just how defense defined the state tournament, and North Bend Central um, – that they they were losing they're kind of they're kind of on the ropes a little bit and then they they just um wade Coulter, the lincoln lutheran coach said it best he, he said the word hurricane i think that's ex- <laughs> i thought that explained it pretty well they, it, they they threw this diamond press at him about the last five six minutes of the regulation and lutheran had no response i mean lutheran went counting overtime they went almost 11 minutes without scoring um i mean that just says a lot about what North Bend Central can do when they they throw on that defense, and I, I think I turned, I, you know, I got, got was getting delusional because it was day five, day six at this <laughs> point. But I think I turned to Nate Head, our assistant sports editor, and I think I said, you know, North Bend they, at one point in the game, I was like, they got the two best players on the court. It's 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 a, sometimes it's just that simple. And yeah. when you have the Emmanuel sisters, Cindy and Caitlin, and Caitlin's one of the best players in the state, regardless of class. It you know, it it's. You know, it's easy to see why they're, you know, why why they, you know, why they had the advantage in that game, and and and, and yeah. So between the defense and the, the Emmanuel sisters, especially Caitlin, who had a huge first half, um, you know, the North Bend Central got the job done. And it, what's impressive is that they this team looks a lot different than last year's and then two years ago. So um, kind of like Miller North boys, I mean, just for them to kind of you know build those pieces around Caitlin and Sydney Emmanuel, um, you know, Josie uh, Cleveringa had two huge three-pointers, including one in overtime, um, you know, and then obviously the the, the, the younger Emmanuel, um, Lindsay, had a big, had some big moments too. So, yeah, props to Aaron Stirrup for what he's doing there and, and, and 
to the Emanuel sisters. I mean, they, they just know how to play yeah. on that big stage. They just don't get rattled at all. Bittersweet for Lincoln Lutheran, lose the state title, oh, so close, but they also lose Wade Coulter, their head coach. And I believe, Clark, yeah. you wrote the note on that, how it wasn't, according to Coach Coulter, wasn't really distracting for his team, but it's still kind of bittersweet that they not only lose the state title, but they also lose their head coach. Yeah, and definitely, and, and that's, you know, one definitely don't want to take away from what Lincoln Lutheran accomplished. I mean, third place finish last year, uh, second place finish this year. This is a, this is a program that just there was I mean they just had no basketball tradition or, or pe- pedigree at all I mean you know they're just known for volleyball and yeah. so for for Wade to come in and, and do what he did and and build you know mold that team I mean he knew he had long athletic players that you know maybe not necessarily were great scores but man they could really he's like I, these girls can play defense and and they're competitors I mean some of that goes back to the volleyball yeah. uh, he 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 just he just knew how to push the right buttons with this team and probably better than most coaches I saw this these last couple of years, to be honest with you. So props to them. Um, you know, on paper, you could have probably seen North Bend Central maybe winning that one. I, I don't want to say easily, but definitely. The, and, and for Lincoln Lutheran to be in position to win that game, I think says a lot about, um, you know, their game plan for that game and then just what Coulter's done with that program. They made it, Lutheran made it the game they wanted to, 35-31. That is a very typical Lincoln Lutheran score this year. It is, and they hit hit some big threes in that third quarter, and I thought, okay, they they might get it done here, but props to North Bend Central for, you know, for clamping down defensively. And and two years in a row now, North Bend Central's rallied from Mm. fourth quarter deficits. Last year, 11 against Hastings St. Celia. This year, it was only three after the third, but still, I mean, when, when you... Sometimes a three-point deficit against Lincoln Lutheran feels like seven, you know. So uh, props, yeah, so that's another thing about, that's impressive about what North Bend Central's done the last couple years. Well, going from one three-time state champion in a row to another one on the boys' side in C1, Auburn going for four straight falls to Ashland Greenwood in the final um, 40, uh, Luke, you're going to remind me of the score, but it is Ashland Greenwood who gets the title as the number one seed. What a C1 state tournament. Fort Calhoun gets their first state tournament win in 99 years. The eight versus one, number one seed, who gets upset there. And just, man, craziness all over. Your takes. Oh, yeah, fantastic C1 tournament. Just showed the depth of the field overall. And for Fort Calhoun, that one had to be pretty sweet. Yeah. Considering just how much success Wahoo had over, you know, last 20, 30 years, just being that C1 powerhouse finally get to state, get to soak in a dramatic game winner. And really, you know, they, they had a chance to, to win another all-time great semifinal matchup, um, took it all the way with, with Auburn. Carson Schwartz had, had one heck of a game, too. Uh, pretty unforgettable for that Fort Calhoun team. But Auburn, you know, a lot, a lot and a lot of new players on this year's team. You know, preseason, I had them number one just because they won three in a row. They yeah. had that long winning streak. And all year, to me, you know, they're kind of in that top five range. Always knew that that they could come up big at the state tournament. But, I mean, the scoring talent on the, all these other teams was so much, you know, it just it kind of left you going, you know, well, yeah, Auburn will play defense, but, you know, these teams can can score the ball like crazy. And then you get Kale Jacobson in, in the semifinals, puts up 43 all on his own in all-time performance. Ashland hadn't scored fewer than 55 points all season. And in the final, Auburn just clamps him down anyway. It's like, it it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the court. I mean, Auburn, they know how to play defense. They know how to win tough. Um, Total credit to Jim Weeks and all these players who 
who put in the work, you know, to get back. I think they knew it was going to be tough. It wasn't going to be, um, you know, maybe the undefeated season that they had the last couple of years. So fantastic year for for the Auburn Bulldogs, all those players. And I'm sure they'll be back next year. But, I mean, just unforgettable. I think this Ashton Greenwood championship will will live on for, for quite a bit of time. Obviously, Jacobson's C1 tournament record and then Evan Shepard, the, the walk-in legend. Yeah. I'm sure he's he's had some fun days. Uh, everybody, hey, Evan, you know, how'd that shot feel? Oh, <laughs> it felt pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure there's there's been uh, some fun moments in, in Ashland, definitely. That was a, a crazy moment, pretty much what you dream of, yeah. putting up shots in, in the backyard or out there on the playground court. So, I mean, they had to get it done in, in a way that they hadn't all season. They've always been pushing the pace, scoring the basketball. They had to play some defense and and make some tough late shots to, to overcome Auburn. But great C1 final, just great games all around. Even Carney Catholic, who uh, almost made it there in the, in the semifinals, if not for, for the Jacobson all-time performance, they had a great run too. I think everybody in that C1 field can be pretty proud. Quick highlight from the C1 tournament, one of the best moments of the week. Jim Weeks putting on the red and Nebraska hat for the Signal 2's team, no more timeouts. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to pull um, Chris Weber's situation. and Was that semi, I believe, right? Yeah, semis and finals. Yeah, finals, finals too. Yeah, he does it yeah. every game, I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's that hat, but he does wear it, put on a hat for the no timeouts thing. I think yeah. I think you you don't see it much in the regular season no. just because they win. They win yeah. so much. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're they're not always sweating it out at the end. But postseason, yeah, he keeps that hat close. That screams very Jim Weeks to me. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now moving on down to C2, Clark and the girls. I covered the first round games, and Oakland Craig, biggest performance of that opening round, defeats GACC, Guardian Angel Central Catholic, who was 25-1 and entering that game, beat them 60-53. to Um so a couple of good upsets there, but then you go to the final in a close win for Hastings St. Cecilia, beating Bridgeport 40-38, to three titles in four years. Dynasty over there in Hastings at C2. Yeah, I mean, props to uh, Greg Burnt and then just what he's been able to do with that team. And um, you get a point guard in Bailey Kissinger, four-year starter, who's, who's um, uh, you know, piloted three of those state championships and almost a fourth. They, they almost knocked off. North Bend Central last year in Class C1. So they went up a class, got to the final, almost won that, then came back down and won C2. And what I said, you know, I've talked to you guys before on this, is just I thought C2 was the more balanced, more uh, wide-open class. And I think we saw that. Um, you know, Oakland Craig should have known not to pick GACC because, um, <laughs> you know, if he, Oakland Craig did beat North Bend Central this year in the East Husker Conference Tournament final just to give you an idea of how good they are with the with the nelson sisters um and then they they beat crofton for third place so that great season for oakland craig but yeah i mean hastings st celia bridgeport um I've, i had them one and two i think almost if not all the season most of the season and it, it proved that those are two of the best teams and um you know i thought was key in that final was um you know obviously the play of kissinger um and then hastings st celia being able to hold off hold on at the end there but um I thought the Kierkegaard girl who actually got hurt in the in the first half, her defense against Ruthie um, Loomis-Godel in the second half, I thought that actually proved to be the difference. Those Loomis-Godel sisters are impressive. They combined yeah. for 30 of the 38 points. And then it's, it's probably, that's usually the case, but still, especially Ruthie 6'3 post, who's athletic as her, you don't find that too much in the state of Nebraska. 
No, and she's got some really nice post moves. So yeah. it's not just it's not just dumping it off into her and having her score over like five nine. Go. I mean, she's she's got some nice moves, and and I the, the sister's impressive too. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, uh, Olivia. Yep. You know, she she's. I mean, you're talking about it when you, when you're six foot point guard and you can move like her and, and have a handle like that. I mean, you're there's a reason why she's getting Division One interest. Yeah, I mean, she can finish around the rim too. She knows how to attack the yeah. lane. So they'll be back because they will be. Yeah, yeah. junior and sophomore, and then they got another sophomore, their their third best scorer, who was averaging 10, 12 points a game. So they're they're definitely going to be back for sure. Yeah. Now over to C two on the boys' side, Luke Humphrey Lindsay Holy family gets it done again, but it was close. They win by three, two, and one in their three games across the week. But the Suits brothers get their coveted state title again, and they go out as state champs. Absolutely, I think. It was a few weeks earlier, um, you know, earlier in the season, me and you on the pod, and I said, I think any team in this C2 field could conceivably win. Didn't even know who was going to be at state, yeah. <laughs> and it almost happened anyway. And I, I think it just goes to show how close these teams were all year. Obviously, Humphrey, you know, they, they were the only team in my rankings start the year number one and, and finish it that way. Never left undefeated pretty much the whole way. But Howell's Dodge, you know, they, they gave him a fantastic first-round game. Three of their four losses this year were to, to Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, so they were right there with them the whole way. Norfolk Catholic, they beat them in in the sub districts, and obviously they were the two point loss in the semifinals. And then GICC last year, C two champion, uh, really had a, a great chance to win it there at the buzzer in overtime. And I thought they played just a fantastic defensive game the whole time. I mean, that Crusader team, they have a ton of scoring talent, but I think they knew that they couldn't really run with Humphrey, that they needed to kind of slow it down, uh, play a little more physical, tight game that would go down to the buzzer right there at the end. And they almost got it done. I mean, that would that would be even perhaps a, an all-time finish, just like the the C1 if Jangmer got that to go at the horn. <laughs> just credit to the pass, I mean, the execution. Not sure how much they practiced that this year. Obviously, a couple times, but... You know, I'm, I'm sure they weren't running that every day. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, casual game winner at yeah. the buzzer to, to win state, you know, execution and practice. But great C2 field overall. Credit to the Suits twins. Been a part of something really special there at, at Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family. Final score, that one was 43-42 in overtime. Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family over GICC. And moving into Class D1, speaking of Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, they do the girls-boys double state title. They knock off Cinderella Shelton 42-34 in the final. Clark, what did you see there? Yeah, um, best player on the court. And, and um, you know, that, that made a difference here. Addison Schneider averages a double-double, um, you know, 6-1 post player. And, and she, she was impressive. That was actually the first time I really got to watch her up close. And she, she's really good. And, and I think what makes um, Lindsay Holy, or Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family really good is they got pieces around her that just seem to step up when they, you know, it's not just her. They, um, you know, the, the, two, the two Beller girls, um, Lexi Frollendorfer, who had, you know, she's like 5'7", and she pulled down 11 rebounds. That was huge for them. I mean, um, so it seems like, you know, it, it, they don't have to go into the Schneider girl all the time. They could, you know, they, they have these girls on the outside that could pop off some shots or know, know when to pick their spots. And so I think that was kind of the difference there. But so, yeah, I mean, big, big, um, you know, big tournament for the Bulldogs and, and for the for that community. I, I, 
I think I threw this out to people and even on Twitter. Is I, I was impressed by how many people showed up from Humphrey. I mean, they, they packed the, the half lower bowl in both those games. I mean, I, I mean they, there had to have been the whole town and then, then some because <laughs> there was that many people there for both communities. And, and, and shout out to Shelton for reaching the final. They, they um, you know, they, they had a really good run. Um, Coach Thorber, Thorber took over that team. And then a couple, three years ago, they were 0-21. And now they're they reached the state final, and they they don't have any seniors. They had one senior, but she wasn't in the in the rotation. So they bring back everybody. So you can imagine that next year they're going to be eyeing that big prize. And and uh, McKenna Willis is a, is a is a stud for them, guard for them. They they just couldn't knock down their threes in that game. But yeah, um, you know, big game for um, you know Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family because um, they they they've had some first round exits three years in a row. So for them to kind of get over that hump, that was huge. Not just get over the first round hump, but win a state yeah. title. That was big. In a class that had some really good teams, Bergen, Elman Murdoch. Yeah. So, yeah. Elman Murdoch got knocked off by the eight seed Hardington Senior Catholic, 47-46. I believe one of the two um, eights defeating ones. Yep. The other was in C1 Boys, uh, Fort Calhoun over Wahoo. Um, but also just nice shout to Shelton for making it that far too because that's a school I believe with just absolutely no – Big history in girls basketball. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that I now you put me on the spot here. Either the <laughs> girls team or the boys team had never been the state before, and the other had been it it been like since the '80s. So I I think the girls were making their first ever state appearance, and it's, it was the boys who who ended a long drought. So yeah, definitely. Now you got me looking it up, but while I look that up, Luke, we'll go on to the uh, boys' side of D1, North Platte, St. Pat's. Uh, got a tough challenge from Lord CC, and that kind of propelled them to the ultimate uh, state title over Loomis, 65-57. Uh, that was a decent game. Loomis, fun team to watch, too. Absolutely. I think those two teams, they played a, a fantastic championship game. I think 65-57 at the D1 level just shows the caliber of of athletes and just talent that that both teams had on the court and looking a little bit bigger picture at d1 you know that this year to me it was just wide open considering humphrey and, and howells the two finalists from last year they went up a class um you know there was potential for anybody to to emerge there and maybe about mid-season you know january it was really north platte st pat's um was was showing themselves as that most consistent team throughout the course of the regular season and pretty much nothing nothing in the postseason to dispute it. They won three fantastic games. I think you got to give credit to Loomis, especially for winning a tough semifinal game just to get to the final. Uh, Quinn Johnson, one of those great players, all-time yeah. state leader on uh, three points, gets to, to have a chance at a state championship, ends in a runner-up. So great career for him there at Loomis. Obviously, you mentioned Lord Central Catholic, almost knocked off St. Pat's in the opening round, too. So a lot of talent in that D1 field, but... Jack Heiss, you know, that that entire St. Pat's team uh, just really came together in that final. I was just completely impressed by how well they played together. Great team basketball. They they shared the ball well. That was the recipe all year long. A couple of fun facts there. North Platte St. Pat's hadn't been in the state title game since 1928. And for Loomis, one, Quinn Johnson's going to UNK, so he'll continue playing basketball. And that was, for Loomis, that was the first time they made it to the state title since 05 when their head coach, Drew Billiter, was a senior on that team. So came for full circle for the Wolves. Uh, oh, and by the way, with the Shelton girls that we're going back to, first time at state. Yep. 
So pretty impressive from the Bulldogs. But to finish everything out, let's go in Class D2. Uh, Clark Falls City Sacred Heart gets the revenge over Humphrey St. Francis, who beat him in last year's final. 43-33 uh, victory for the Irish. And I mean... It's St. Francis and uh, Sacred Heart in the final once again. Uh, another good one, but it's Sacred Heart getting the revenge. Yeah, an impressive run for Sacred Heart. I mean, they kind of went into this season with – they, they were the favorite to win it. Yeah. Um, they were the wire-to-wire number one team in the state. Um, so for them to handle, you know, to handle those expectations I thought was impressive. And then it kind of showed in that state final where they, they kind of were in control, they were in control, and then Humphrey St. Francis makes a third-quarter run, fourth-quarter run, and then – uh, to tie the game, I think even to take the lead, and then and then Sacred Heart kind of had some something left in the tank there to kind of pull away. So that, kind of an impressive finish to the season and in the game to Sacred Heart. And you know for them that's the volleyball basketball sweep. They won a volleyball title. And you know Luke Santo, the coach, seventh state title for Sacred Heart overall. He he saw this uh, a lot of talent in this team when they were like in grade school. He he knew like the Arison Vonderschmidt, Rachel Magdans that this was a special class. And so there was expectations and pressure on them before they even got to high school. So for them to, to, to you know, they they fell short the last couple years against Why Not and then St. Francis last year against Weiner. Um, for them to kind of pull it all together and, and get the job done, you could just see the relief and just the excitement in them um, that, that um, Friday night. So, yeah, props to them. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, and Rachel and to Vonderschmidt too because she, she was playing with a bad back. Quite a duo you get there at Sacred Heart and the boys and girls basketball. You have arguably the GOAT and Doug Goltz, and you have Luke Santo, who's now won a couple of state titles of his own, who's yeah, pretty good coach on uh, on his own. So uh, Irish are in pretty good hands there on the basketball side. Uh, going down to the boys to over, uh, wrap things up before we go over our state title picks and how we did there. Uh, Parkview Christian, 64 to uh, 48 over St. Mary's. They avenged last year's state title loss to Sacred Heart. They actually beat Sacred Heart in the semifinals, slaying their demons there, then pulling it out over St. Mary's. And, I mean, Luke, I I covered that final. And, I mean, Parkview Christian, just like last year, one of the more athletic teams you're going to see in Class D2, period. Absolutely. And you got to get past Sacred Heart in in the semifinals because – you see Doug Goltz over there in a championship game. It's a, it's kind of a wrap. <laughs> yep. Uh, good luck if you, if you make it there. Yeah. But Parkview Christian there. I mean, just supremely impressed. The whole three-game run by Parkview won all three of those games by double digits, at least 12 points or more, I think, each of those those three games. And to me, just the, the talent, obviously, you saw in that championship, shot 7 to 15 from three-point range. They're in Pinnacle Bank Arena. I mean, that's a challenge for teams of any class. You know, it's a different arena your depth there's a lot of different factors in there uh, but just shooting the ball supremely well um, I think all these all these players on this Parkview team were really motivated all year long you know they, they play a really tough schedule I mean so does Sacred Heart St. Mary's you know they, they get to play some teams from from other classes too um, so really the the best teams in D2 that prepares you for it but nothing you know nothing really prepares you for that that state championship atmosphere Parkview conquered it, won that first state championship in school history. Uh, congrats to, to Coach Nate Godwin and that entire Patriot program. Quick fact about that, too. Parkview went 0-2 at Medecus. The second straight year, the eventual Class D2 champ went 0-2 at Medecus. Sacred Heart did that yep. a year ago. Parkview did it this year. And actually, it's funny because Parkview won Medecus a year ago. 
um, and lost the Sacred Heart in the final. So um, take the 0-2 team next year yes. in the A Division. Well, right, right, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. There okay. you go. You can chalk that down. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's an interesting tidbit. That's really – you wouldn't think that. Yeah. You know, usually the Medecus tournament tells you, okay – you know whether it's the winner, the semi, you know the the runner up. Like okay, this team's going to be. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Well, that's all what happened across the city, Lincoln, in six full days of state basketball action. And guys, let's go over our picks. We called our shots before the state tournament began. It was interesting. Let's go class by class. First in class A girls, um, Luke was the only one. He picked Fremont, while Clark and I uh, chose Millard South and. Yeah, Luke, any bragging to do there? I mean, to be honest, I thought they beat Millard South in the final, probably not Southwest. So credit to the Silverhawks for, for slaying the undefeated team there and, and making it all the way. But to me, sometimes you just have those those teams of destiny. You know, it's, it's their year. It doesn't always work out, but for Fremont, that was the case. Well, then the next two, me and Clark got you, Luke. Uh, in Class B, Clark and I chose Elkhorn North to win the state title. You chose Omaha Scott and NNC won. Clark and I both chose North Bend Central to repeat, and you chose Lincoln Lutheran. And again, those are just one-twos. It's kind of a who do you prefer there. So not much, but I felt very solid picks all around. Yeah, those are toss-ups. And yeah, obviously Elkhorn North was the, you know, hand, kind of handled Scott in that final, but still that was a toss-up there. Yeah. You know, you couldn't have gone wrong with picking the, the Skyhawks, yeah. especially the way they were playing late. And then in C2, the last one, all three of us picked on the girls' side. Uh, me and Luke both chose Hastings St. Cecilia, and Clark went out there and chose Guardian Angel Central Catholic, and they dropped their opening round match. Yeah, I was trying, you know, no no, uh, no disrespect to the Hawkettes. I was trying to go outside the box yeah. there, and uh, and I should have known better to go <laughs> against uh, the Nelson tw- the, the sisters, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, that, um, but, uh, yeah, you can't get them all. Nope. Um, and then Clark going one for two in class, uh, in the class D's, um, you chose Falsity Secret Heart, which one? And then, um, Elwood Mur- Murdoch, uh, you chose for Lost and Lost. Yeah. So a couple of my picks went, yeah. went, went out early. So, <laughs> but hey, shows what I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now moving on down to class, uh, in the boys and guys, we did not do great Yikes. in the first two classes. We all biffed A and B. Um, we all chose Bellevue West in class A and we all chose Omaha Scott in class B. And like we already mentioned, we were thought it was a write down Omaha Scott and B and just forget about it because locked up, but nope, I guess not. Same with class A. They were both runner ups. Obviously they were, they were close, but definitely goes to show for as much as you think, you know, all year, a one-off game, you know, state tournament, anybody can get hot, tons of talent and, and obviously the A's and B's. So Miller North and, and Ron Colley make sure that we look pretty stupid. Well, then, Luke, you get the one-up on C1. I chose to go with Auburn, which lost in the final. Clark, you chose Carney Catholic, which lost to... Kale Jacobson just had to have an historic night yep. to beat them. So, uh, But then, Luke, in Ashland Greenwood, um, Evan Shepard hit the game-winning three there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just all three of us going all three different teams, that shows you the depth and craziness of C1 there, boys. For sure. And same thing I said with Fremont. I think Ashland just had that, that team of destiny feeling. It was their year, and, and they yeah. did enough to get it done. And then in C2, that's the one and only class that we all get correct. We all chose Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy Family did it. Close. They they had to win by one point, 
but they get it nonetheless. Uh, and then Luke in D1 and D2, uh, choosing Sacred Heart, who lost in the semis, and choosing Loomis, who lost in the final, all relatively close. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to feel bad about choosing Doug Goltz to, to win his state title. Parkview had, had what it takes to get it done, and for me in D1, I thought the final was always going to be Loomis and St. Pat's, and St. Pat's just had enough firepower to overcome Loomis, so congrats to them. So let's go over how we did overall. I statistically did the best with percentage. I went four out of eight, including three out of four um, of the girls' championships I chose. And then Luke and Clark both went four for ten. Again, I didn't choose as many. But, I mean, with how state basketball usually rounds out, around 50%, hey, I think you'll take that, right? Maybe maybe a couple matchups choose a little better, but... You know, it's chaos when it gets to the state tournament. I think that's what makes it great is, yeah. you, 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 you know, when it, it just shows the unpredictability of, of the state tournament, right? So, yeah. uh, and, and that it's, it could be, like, like you said, you think you know how something's going to play out and, you know, a wrench gets thrown into things. Yep. I mean, look what almost Waverly did. So, then maybe we are talking about Scott. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, before we go away on this state basketball roundup episode, choose one team, um, boys or girls, or both if you want, who's going to win the state title next year. We're going to call our shots. Luke, start with you. Bell West. I mean, I, I picked them to win this year, and I guess they let me down. But, <laughs> I mean, Miller North had a great year. I don't think they're going to be too upset about finishing runner-up. But lose Evan Inselman, lose a D1 forward and William Kyle. But that's it. Everybody else in this kind of 12-man rotation that they played throughout the year will be back. Josiah Dotzler, I think, will be one of the best uh, senior players in the entire state. Jacob Arop, he'll be kind of a more of a main focus, I think, with, with Kyle gone. He'll be that main post player. Just the, the three-point shooting talent around them, for me, Bell West has, has got to be the favorite in Class A. And I'll also give a shout-out to Freeman in C2. I think it's going to be a, a very wide-open field in C2, but... No seniors on this year's Freeman team. Those guys know how to shoot the three-pointer. Coach Jim McLaughlin, he, he gets them playing every year, so I think they'll be a force. And now, I guess I'll choose my picks. Um, I'll just go with one, and I kind of just thought of this, so I'm throwing it in there. I think Bridgeport and C2 on the girls' side. I think with both the Loomis Godel sisters and their third-lean scoreback, like Clark, you mentioned, um, and just falling just a tad short this year, I think they come out and they win it next year, certainly with that experience they have now and just the, that redemption arc as a sort. So. Watch out for Oakland Craig, though. Yes. With, with the Nelson <laughs> sisters. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, no, I, I agree with you that Bridgeport probably is the team to beat. Yeah. Well, Clark, to finish this out, your picks if I didn't take it. I hope I didn't. And you didn't. I was going to give him a shout-out to Bridgeport, but you did it for me. So there, there you go. But I, I'm going to go Elko North Girls because, um, you know, you, you're returning um, – you know, Britt Prince, it's hard to, it's hard to pick against, uh, the Wolves. Um, you know, they do lose some two starters, including Riley Palmer, but, uh, Grace Thompson had a great, great season. I think she'll take a step forward. Um, the Nadgewick girl is going to be back. And then you, there were some players I, you know, that necessarily didn't maybe weren't getting a lot of minutes, but they had some freshmen and sophomores that look ready to kind of, you know, step up and help. And so, um, you know, like I said earlier, Ann Prince has a is re- really building something there, and I think with Britt Prince running the show, and who knows? I mean, you can only imagine how good Britt's going to be yeah. next year because she keeps getting better and better. So, it kind of a risky pick because I think Scott Scott has a really good lineup, yeah. especially with Peyton McCabe. She's coming back for her junior year. I mean, think about that. McCabe and Prince are sophomores. I mean, <laughs> those are going to be some battles. 
Um, and so I think I, it, it's not a slam dunk because I think Scott's going to be up there too. But it's I, I, I'm going to say the Wolves, though. They, they get the job done again next year. There you go. Calling our shots. Freeman and Bellevue West boys and Bridgeport and Elkhorn North girls. Guys, final thoughts from both of you as we wrap up not only state basketball but the winter sports season as a whole. I, I mean, it was fun. I mean, it it, it went fast. <laughs> <laughs> it felt it didn't feel like that long ago when I was covering uh, uh, Pius Fremont girls that night that Fremont you know lost and, and there they were winning yeah. hoisting the state title and talking about how that loss kind of drove them. So it was kind of kind of a full circle for. For them and and for uh, for me covering too selfishly to say that but uh, it, it was a lot of fun and and uh, ton of great basketball last week for sure. Totally agree. I think uh, you know last year's Class A field was pretty much unforgettable, just the talent level. But this year there was D one talent in in so many classes on the boys side too. Uh, just fantastic players, you know, guys who set the their their schools point scoring record, you know, thousand fifteen hundred point scorers. Uh, so so many great moments throughout the season. And we get we got a game winner for a state title. We always love to see Indeed. it. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for this edition of the Prep Extra Podcast. But remember, next week we're going to preview spring sports. Clark might even join us again. We'll see. Um, but we have baseball. We got track. We got soccer, both boys and girls. It's going to be a packed episode. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we can even go over um, – um, Super State Basketball. Yes, we should. Super State Basketball as well. So join us next week. It's going to be jam-packed full of everything sports, spring sports, and state basketball as well. But that's going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for joining us. From Clark Grell, uh, Luke Mullen, make sure to follow those guys on Twitter, at LMullen7 and at LGS Sports Grell. And you can follow myself as well, at X on sports and for all the gamers recaps features previews you can go on to journalstar.com or follow at prep extra on twitter otherwise that's gonna do it from us thank you so much for for listening everybody and now go out and enjoy some spring sports